the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. Where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, welcome to a rainy day in Northeast Ohio. I'm thankful that it's not snow. And the temperatures are rising. We still have those memories of that snowstorm around Christmas, but we also have the memories of a wonderful Christmas holiday. We now have our New Year's resolutions, whatever they are. Mine are very, very simple. Mine are just more exercise, lose the weight that I put on since Thanksgiving and Christmas with those extra helpings and the this the pie and the ice cream and everything else. The holidays were already twice a year. I don't think I could spend twice a year. It all adds up. All I need, I just need to appreciate my family more and keep the part of the Christmas season alive all year long. And also lay out a plan for the new year. So fairly simple. We still have that uh, those everyday tasks to contend with. On Tuesday, it's back to work we go. And now that the holidays are over, we have to pay attention 
through all those things that the holidays distracted us from. And at home, as the winter weather closes us in and forces us indoors, uh, we have to finish all those small miscellaneous jobs that were not important where we had other outside things to do. You know, stuff like uh, organizing the basement or the garage and and finishing those uh, small jobs around the house and also organizing the income tax file. Uh, We have until April 15th, but uh, might as well get started on it. Also, planning for those jobs that we're going to start in the springtime, like the landscaping and the painting of the house and stuff like that. And while we're inside, we can keep track of what's happening in the economy and what that means for our investments. Everyone is still in the Christmas spirit and relaxing, either at home or at work. Nothing happens of any importance nowadays, you know, in this Christmas, in the holiday season. Or if it is important, uh, we can work on it in January of the new year when everybody starts with a full head of steam. That was pretty much the mood of both the stock and the bond markets this week. This has been a rough year for all investors. Inflation and the Federal Reserve's response to inflation by raising the interest rates is slowing the economy. The slowdown is particularly noticeable in those sectors uh, such as home construction and, and home sales that are sensitive to interest rates. But uh, there's more slowdowns to come now with the federal funds rates at 4.5%. And uh, everyone confident that the Federal Reserve will raise it another half or three-quarters of a percent in the first quarter of next year. Uh, most industries, including manufacturing, shipping, sales, whatever, are betting on a, re- on a recession, even though no one can predict the severity of a recession or guarantee that one will even happen. Uh, businesses are being cautious and are preparing for a recession with the basically slowdowns in capital expenditure, reduced hiring plans. The rule now is less risk-taking and more conservative planning with, uh, you know, holding on to more cash until companies see basically what's happening. Uh, In the spring and summer, uh, the interest rates were low but uh, growing. Uh, There were some concerns about a future recession in the, the spring and summer, but now closing in on a federal funds rate of close to 5%, uh, interest rates can do some real damage. And that's particularly concerning uh, when the leadership of the Federal Reserve has said that they basically cannot get down to uh, a 2% inflation rate while workers' raises are averaging 5% over the past 12 months. With the average annual raises of 5%, and the labor market extremely tight at 3.7% unemployment rate, the Federal Reserve, in their latest uh, future predictions uh, coming from that December meeting, are looking at uh, uh, unemployment rates closer to 45 or 5%. So uh, there's expectations that uh, uh, they need to get the uh, recession going uh, to get those interest rate, get those uh, raises down, 
so they can conquer inflation. That's always been a Federal Reserve uh, focus point. Uh, this week, global equities were mixed. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were down for the week. Well, in the U.K., the FTSE was down. And in the European, European, uh, European Union, both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe's 600 were both down for the week. But in Asia, Japan's Nikkei uh, was down. But in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed for the week at uh, the Dow Jones Industrial closed at 33,147.25, and it was down uh, 17, uh, down 0.17% for the week. And the standard and poor 500 closed at uh, 3,839.50, and it was down 0.14% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 10,000. 466.48, and it was down 0.30% uh, for the week. Overall, uh, in 2022, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 8.78% year-to-date, and for the year, and the Standard Poor was down 19.44%, and the NASDAQ Composite was down 33 0.1%. And as another indicator that the economy is slowing, the latest results for consumer spending for November shows that uh, consumer spending, which accounts for approximately 60% of the economy, decreased one-tenth of a percent in November from nine-tenths from nine, uh, nine of one percent in uh, uh, October. Um, so basically, that was a big step downward. If I take a look at uh, the spending over the last four months, I'm taking a look at uh, August. Uh, consumer spending increased seven tenths of one percent. September it increased six tenths. October it increased nine tenths, and then in November it only increased uh, one tenth of one percent. So even the, the, the spending is falling off, even though the uh, income uh, continues to be steady. For instance, like August, uh, uh, was the uh, income increased four-tenths of a percent. September increased four-tenths. October increased seven-tenths of one percent. And November increased four-tenths. So... Uh, the income is steady, but the uh, uh, consumer uh, spending has gone down. So spending on goods, including cars, furniture, and hobby purchases, such as all-terrain vehicles, uh, declined in November from October. Services, including spending on housing, uh, medical care, recreation, and restaurants, increased. So. Uh, give you an idea of what the uh, where the increases were uh, in November. Uh, in spending increased 19.8 billion, and uh, uh, that reflects a 
$79.2 billion spending for services that was offset, partially offset, by a $59.5 billion decrease in spending for goods. Uh, within services, the largest contributor to the increase was spending on housing, and within goods, spending on new motor vehicles uh, was a leading contributor to the decrease. So, uh, consumer spending has shown, shown signs of cooling during the holiday season. November retail sales uh, fell off six tenths of a percent for the. Uh, this is for December. Uh, for the prior month, and that's according to the Commerce Department, and shoppers pulled back sharply on holiday-related purchases, home projects, and cars. So uh, U.S. business activity also declined further in December as demands for goods decreased and factories cut production. Uh, We'll see also from the National Association of Realtors that existing home sales uh, were down. And as we previously indicated, increased mortgage rates continue to slow down home sales as new uh, home construction, uh, as new home uh, uh, cost. Uh, That's according to the National Association of Realtors. It shows that U.S. existing home sales slid in November for the 10th straight month extending a record streak of declines as high mortgage rates and home prices push many buyers out of the market. Sales of previously owned homes declined 7.7% in November from the previous month, and that's uh, to the weakest rate since May of 2020. Uh, November sales were also uh, 35.4% down from a year earlier. So uh, existing home sales have dropped nearly 37% from their uh, recent peak in uh, uh, from their recent peak in January. Uh, mortgage rates surged uh, to above 7% in November uh, from 3.1% at the end of 2008. 21, and that boosted expected mortgage payments for many buyers by hundreds of dollars a month, driving many shoppers out of the market. This year's sharp housing market slowdown marks a major way that the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate increases are rippling through the economy. The central bank uh, raised interest rates seven times this year, including in November in an effort to combat uh, high inflation by slowing spending, hiring, and investment. Uh, Home prices declined from their springtime peak around the U.S., and prices in some markets have uh, slipped below year-ago levels. But basically, on a national basis, prices are still up from last year, largely because the sale of, uh, because of the supply of homes for sale remains uh, rather lower than normal. Uh, The median existing home price uh, rose 3.5% in November from a year earlier and uh, to $370,700. That's according to the National Association of Realtors. And uh, 
uh, in uh, the prices fell month over month for the fifth straight month after reaching a record of $413,800 in June. So we'll talk about the existing home sales uh, later in the show. Uh, we'll also talk about the, the durable goods orders. Uh, durable goods orders were down 2.1% in November, and that basically reflected a fall-off in uh, what they call transportation equipment. Transportation equipment is basically autos, aircraft, both uh, uh, commercial aircraft, uh, like the Boeing aircraft, as well as the uh, uh, defense aircraft. And also, uh, later in the show, we'll talk about the conference board's leading economic indicator, uh, which is which is a proprietary system that's used to uh, basically predict uh, in recessions. And according to the conference board's leading economic indicator, they're forecasting a recession starting at the beginning of 2023 and lasting through mid-year. So uh, there's a lot of stuff there that, uh, you know, originally we started talking about a slowdown in housing, uh, but now what we're seeing is that manufacturing, shipping, things of this nature are leveling off, in some cases going down, and uh, uh, businesses are basically... Uh, looking forward to the future, and they really are in a quandary in terms of predicting. So the most reasonable pass forward for them is to uh, plan for the worst and, uh, and you know, uh, be more, much more conservative in what they want to do in the, in, the, uh, in the future until they figure out basically what's happening. And, and that should be basically the first half of uh, next year in terms of uh, if there is going to be a recession, uh, how bad will it be? Things of this nature. Now, let's change the subject uh, to a, a little bit brighter subject, and let's talk about uh, sayings and quotations, the books of quotations. And if we look at that section of money and we take a look at some of the quotes that we can uh, relate to, I'll give you some of these quotes now. According to Will Rogers, Quote, too many people spend money they earned to buy things that they don't want to impress people that they don't like. Another one is uh, Ben Franklin, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Another one is uh, our friend Warren Buffett. Uh, here he, he says, I will tell you a secret in getting rich on Wall Street. You try to be greedy when others are fearful. And you try to be fearful when others are greedy. So I think we're in a fearful state right now. He didn't say that, but that's the, I gave you his quotation. Uh, another one is that uh, uh, time is more valuable than money. You can get more money somehow, but you can't get more time. Uh, here's one for another one for Warren Buffett. Uh, it says rule number one: never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. Well, we know that the markets, both the stocks and the bond markets, do go up and down. There are, so there are going to be uh, losses in there somewhere. 
another one is uh, buy when everybody else. This is by Paul Getty. Uh, he was big in oil years ago. Uh, buy when everyone is selling and hold until everyone else is buying. Uh, that's not a that's not a catchy slogan. It is the very essence of successful investing. That was by Paul Getty. So uh, another one is by P.T. Barnum. Uh, P.T. Barnum said, money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. So, uh, and if you, if you feel that uh, nobody is interested in how you're doing in life, here's one by Earl Wilson. It says, if you think nobody cares if you're alive, try missing a couple of car payments. Uh, <laughs> there's another one. Yeah. If you live for having it all, uh, what you have is never enough. And here's one from Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie says, develop success from failures. Discouragement and failure are two of the surest stepping stones to success. I also remember one by Dale Carnegie that said, uh, uh, if, he, if he lost everything, uh, he could basically get it back in uh, one year. So uh, he knows, you know, you go through life and go through investing and you fall into dead ends and, and uh, uh, money losing adventures. But after you've done it once, you get the knack of things, and you can get it done without uh, going all the going through all the dead ends and pitfalls. Another one from Warren Buffett: The stock market is designed to transfer money from the active to the patient. So don't get don't get too excited. Uh, and here's a here's here's one from George Carlin: uh, uh, Most people work just hard enough not to get fired. And get paid just enough not to quit. A <laughs> great comedian. Uh, a uh, another one from uh, Picasso, Pablo Picasso. I'd like to live as a poor man with lots of money. Okay, there's the essence of it all. And <laughs> just somebody give me some money. Another one from Tennessee Williams. Uh, you can be young without money, but you can't be old without it. So uh, that from Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, never spend your money before you have it. So those are those are words to think about. Not basically some in some cases to live by, but generally uh, to think about it, it cause you to say, well, is that is that useful in my case? Uh, what should I do to to promote that type of thinking? So. And when you when you talk about uh, money situations and planning and financial planning and things of that nature, you're you're always talking about uh, your goals. In other words, how how your what are your goals? Do you have a good picture of it? Are the goals real? Uh, are you being realistic in terms of saying uh, this is what I have in terms of my work experience, my capability of uh, drawing a paycheck or uh, running a business or things of this nature, and uh, uh, laying it out in terms of saying, this is what I'm going to have 
Uh, I can improve it, but with this, I can I could reach certain goals. Goals in terms of, uh, you know, uh, maybe it's uh, more training, maybe it's more education, maybe it's starting a, a business, maybe it's uh, starting a, a family. Uh, all those things basically require money and time, and uh, they're long-term commitments. You can look at your goals, and generally the biggest goal of all in terms of money is retirement. And uh, basically takes you from uh, the time that you start working until the time you retire at 65 or 70 uh, to accumulate enough money to feel secure in uh, your retirement. So uh, the idea of identifying your goals in terms of the uh, starting a family, the housing, the standard of living in a family, the education, the uh, uh, if you've got enough, the second home or a vacation home, things of this nature. All those things require money. You could put a dollar amount on it. It doesn't have to be accurate. Uh, you can estimate things to within several thousand dollars. You can be off by 5000 or $10,000. If you're talking about several hundred thousand dollar goals and uh, you put a number on it, you say, I have to have that amount of money by a certain point in the future. And you take a look at what is coming in the door and uh, uh, allocate it in terms of, uh, of the present standard of living and also the other goals. Each, each goal, visualize each goal has a pot. Of money associated with it, where you have to put uh, save money that's coming in the door, your after-tax income, and invest it in those uh, areas and let it grow over a longer period of time to get to that particular point where you uh, met your goal. Uh, the uh, the idea here is to keep track of those goals and keep track of your progress. It's not just to write it down once and then forget about it. You're just like in this uh, present situation with the, uh, the the 2022, you know, the stock market is down, the bond market is down, which is very, very unusual. It hardly ever happens that both of the markets are down at the same time. And the question is, will you recover? And the answer is yes. And uh, you just look at the past history and, and uh, realize that uh, there really isn't any um, there really isn't any malfunctioning in the economic system that basically is driving this uh, uh, market. It basically, was a matter of pouring uh, eight eight to nine trillion dollars of stimulus money into the economy and uh and uh, for good cause we had a we had a uh an epidemic on our hands and uh, it had to be stopped and the economy was stopped and the government and the federal reserve threw tons of money in and uh, uh was it too much or too little well it was basically too much but nobody knows when you're doing those things as to how much is enough so you overdo it. Like, it's like uh, 
you know, the house is burning down. How much water should you use to save the house? Well, as much water, as much water as you have. So it boils down to uh, now uh, we saved the economy. We're through the uh, COVID, and now we've got to clean up the mess. And the mess is uh, uh, inflation. So uh, once we get through this, and uh, the, the economy is still fundamentally strong. In other words, it's almost, you know, the Federal Reserve is having a hell of a time just slowing the economy down uh, to get a grip on inflation. So the economy basically and fundamentally is strong. All we got to do is get through this uh, inflation and uh, it'll come to life again. Once the Federal Reserve gets to that point where the inflation gets down around 3%, they say two, but everybody feels that three percent will do the metric. Uh, then you'll see the interest rates start to go down, and everything else will start to come up again. So uh, it's a matter of getting through this and getting to the other end, and keeping track of your plan, uh, and realizing that uh, it's a long-term plan. You just have to pay. You have to pay attention to it. You can't just. Uh, uh, put it on a piece of paper and stick it in a drawer. Uh, it, it's something you have to look at and uh, make adjustments to and uh, uh, realize that you'll get there sooner or later. And on, on the other side of it, you have to protect yourself from unforeseen events and you have to, you know, uh, buy uh, capital uh, uh, loss and insurance and also on. Uh, uh, life insurance and things of this nature to make sure that uh, uh, unforeseen lawsuits and things of this nature or deaths uh, don't uh, tear up the whole plan. So uh, this is the things that you have to pay attention to. And uh, it's not that much trouble. You know how to do it. You've done it all your life. So uh, keep at it. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Give us a call. We'll answer any questions you have. We'll talk about the issues that you feel are important. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Stroke of midnight 
day We're gonna have a ball And that ain't all I'm gonna chase my blues away Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, we talked before about uh, wait, uh, what's happening in this slowdown, you know, and uh, one of the big places that this uh, slowdown appears is in the existing home sales. And we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about how personal income is slowing down and uh, also talk about the, uh, the survey of uh uh, consumers uh, from the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment. And we'll also talk about that leading economic indicator index that indicates that uh, 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 that recession is just around the corner. So uh, let's talk about existing home sales. You know, according to the National Association of Realtors, uh, the, they keep track of existing home sales, which when they say home sales, uh, these are really completed uh, transactions, you know, as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, acceptance of the offer subject to uh, finance and inspection. You know, uh, these are, these are uh, even though it's marked for November, these are sales that probably happened a month or two months uh, prior to this, sometime in September or October. And basically, they count uh, single-family homes, townhouses, condominiums. And what they're showing is that uh, home sales decreased 7.7% uh, from October to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 4.09 billion sales in November. And that the year-over-year sales were down 35.4%, which is a big, big number. Uh, Lawrence Young, who is their chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, interpreted the situation as, uh, quote, in essence, the residential real estate market was frozen in November, resembling the uh, sales activity seen during the covid economic lockdown in 2020. You know, you remember that. It, it basically the whole economy stopped. And what he's saying is that we're in a similar situation with regard to the uh, home sales. And the principal, he continues, the principal factor was the rapid increase in mortgage rates, which hurt housing affordability and reduced the incentive for homeowners to list their homes plus available housing uh, inventory remains near historic lows. So one problem, uh, quote, unquote, one problem is the reduced number of homes for sale. Uh, The report indicates that the total housing inventory uh, at the end of November was down 6.6% from October, Uh, but basically it was up 2.7% from a year ago. So they're talking about the unsold inventory at a 3.3-month supply at the current sales pace, which is kind of low. Uh, typically, people like to talk about a five-month five uh, rate at a more reasonable market. But uh, even now, uh, new home prices continue to increase, but not as fast as before. Uh, so what you're seeing is sales are going down 
the prices of homes are still going up, but not as fast as before. And the median existing home price for all the housing types, be it um, condos, single-family homes, uh, in November was 370700 which is an increase of 3.5% from November uh, a year ago. A year ago, it was 358000 Today, it's close to 380000 close to 371000 I'm sorry. And uh, the, uh, what we're seeing is homes, even at those prices, are continuing to move fast. In other words, what you're seeing is the properties, once they're listed, typically remain on the market for 24 days, uh, and that's up from 21 days in October and 18 days from uh, uh, a year ago, November a year ago. But you're seeing that 61% of the homes that were sold in November were on the market for less than one month. So... Uh, another thing you're seeing is that the first-time home buyers are still in the market, uh, and uh, they constitute about, I think, probably about 28% of the sales in November were first-time home buyers. And the, if you take a look at the real bugaboo in terms of home sales, it's the mortgage interest rates. And there, according to Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed-rate uh, mortgage averaged 6.31% uh, as of December 15th. Uh, that's down from 6.33% the preceding week, but up from 3.12% one year ago. Uh, mortgage rates, I remember uh, when the rates began to go up, mortgage rates uh, got as high as 7, I think it was 7. Point Two percent at the uh, uh, at the start of October, and you know we're, we're talking about mortgage rates. We're talking about that thirty-year fixed. And again, according to Lawrence Young, quote: "The market may be thawing since mortgage rates have fallen for five straight weeks. The average monthly uh, mortgage payment is now almost two hundred dollars less than it was." Uh, uh, several weeks ago when interest rates reached their peak for the year. So good news and bad news. I mean, excuse me. The, uh, if you take a look at the single family versus the condos, what you see is that, oops, excuse me, just a second. No, I just had to get a, a little drink here. Uh, no coffee. Now, looking at the single-family homes, uh, sales were down 7.6% in November from October and down 35.2% from a year ago. And for the single-family homes, existing single-family, we see that the median uh, price was 376700 That was in November, and that was up 3.2% from a year ago. And if you take a look at it, break it down into the different sections of the country, like the uh, uh, Association of Realtors do, uh, they talk about the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, the West. And we see existing home sales in the Midwest 
uh, they were down 5.6% in November from October and down 30.6% from a year ago. And the median price in the Midwest was $268,600, and that was up 3.9% from November a year ago. And then if you take a look at the different sections of the country, uh, the Northeast sales were down 7%. The South uh, sales in November were down 7.1%. And these are sales in November from uh, just a month earlier. And in the West, they were down 12.5%. And if, if you look at sales from a year ago, the Northeast sales in November were down 28.4% from a year ago. South was 35% from a year ago. And then the West, it was 46% from a year ago. So, and then to give you an idea that, hey, sales are, sales are going down, but the prices are going up. So in the Northeast, prices went up uh, 3.5% and the median price was 394700 In the South, uh, the prices went up 4.4%, and the median price was 340100 And the West, the prices uh, went up 2%, and the median price was 569800 So what you're seeing there is basically... Uh, People making uh, decisions with regard to um, uh, whether they want to buy a house or not, and the cost of the house. So prices are like in the in the uh, mid in the west, uh, prices have uh, increased two percent, uh, but the sales compared to a year ago have gone down close to forty six percent. So uh, you know they're 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 going through some real pain in the in the, uh, uh, the housing market. Uh, let's take a break for a minute. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. When the bells all ring and the horns all blow, and the couples we know are fondly kissing. Will I be with you or will I be among the missing? much too early in the game ah, but I thought I'd ask you just the same what are you doing New Year's New Year's Eve Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, one of the things that uh, we look at in terms of uh, trying to get uh, an idea of people's, uh, the consumer's confidence, you know, in terms of making large uh, purchases such as homes and cars and 
things of this nature. We look at the uh, Consumer Sentiment Index from the University of Michigan, and uh, that gives us some insight into uh, uh, how consumers see their current economic conditions and basically their future economic conditions. So we look at that, and the uh, uh, the takeaway from December's results show uh, uh, consumer inflation expectations are going down, and which is basically good news. Uh, for instance, the latest results for December show that the index of consumer sentiment uh, stood at 59.7. Uh, a month ago, it was 56.8, and uh, that was an improvement from November to December. But if you take a look at it a year ago, uh, the uh, before the Federal Reserve started pushing these interest rates up, it was 70.6. So we, a year ago, we were 70.6. In terms of consumer sentiment, November, we were down as low as 56.8, but now we're up to 59.7. The big difference is that <clears throat> the index of consumer expectations, uh, a year ago, it was 683 and then in November, it was 55.6, but now it's up to 59.9. So in reality, I think uh, uh, the comments from the uh, director of the uh, survey, Joanne Chu, uh, quote, consumer sentiment confirmed that the preliminary reading earlier this month, rising 5% from November, Sentiment remains relatively downbeat at fifty at fifteen percent below a year ago, but consumers' extremely negative attitudes have softened this month on the basis of easing pressure from inflation. Uh, one month business conditions surged twenty five percent, and the long term outlook improved a more modest but still sizable nine percent. Still, both measures are well below 2021 readings, and the assessment of personal finances, both current and future, are essentially unchanged from November. Uh, Year-ahead inflation expectations improved considerably but remained elevated, falling from 4.9% in November to 4.4%. In December, which is the lowest reading in 18 months, but still well above two years ago. The declines in short run inflation expectations were visible across the distribution of age, income, education, as well as political party identification. At 2.9%, long term inflation expectations have stayed within the narrow but elevated 2.9 to 3.1 percent range for 16 of the last 17 months, while the sizable decrease, sizable decline in short-term inflation expectations may be welcome news that consumers continue to exhibit substantial uncertainty about the future path of prices. So basically what you're seeing is that the consumer sentiment has improved uh, mainly due to 
their look ahead, let's say at five years in the future, what is the inflation number going to be? And it's somewhere around uh, uh, 2.9%. So uh, that means that everybody realizes that we've got a, a reasonably short-term problem and we'll get over it and uh, we'll move on from there. Another, another thing we look at is the uh, leading economic indicator and economic indicator index number from the conference board, and that is the conference board leading economic index for the United States is the composite economic indices are key elements of an analytical system designed to signal peaks and troughs in the business cycle. And the leading economic indicator is a predictive variable that anticipates or leads turning points in the business cycle by about seven months. Uh, the senior director economist at the conference board said, uh, quote, despite the current resilience of the labor market and consumer confidence improving in December, the U.S. leading economic index suggests the Federal Reserve's monetary trading cycle is curtailing the aspects of economic activity, especially housing. As a result, we project the U.S. recession is likely to start around the beginning of 2023 and would last through mid-year. So basically what the conference board does is they they track uh, several pieces of economic data and then they have their proprietary software and they grind it up. Uh, the things that they look at are basically the average weekly hours in manufacturing, the average weekly initial claims for employment insurance, and manufacturing new orders for consumer goods and materials, the Institute of Supply Management Index for new orders, manufacturers' new orders for non-defense capital goods, excluding aircraft orders. They also look at building permits for new housing, Units. They also take a look at the uh, standard and core 500 index of stock prices. Also look at the interest rate spread between the 10-year Treasury and the federal funds rate, and uh, the average a- average consumer expectations for business conditions. So, generally speaking, they they I noticed they've been fairly accurate with regard to being able to predict a uh, uh, business recession. Uh, They kind of missed that uh, one for COVID, but the one for COVID happened so fast that uh, there wasn't any any warning on anybody's part as to what was going on there. This is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Happy New Year, darling I hope you have a great year All your dreams and wishes come true Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. And uh, one of the things we talk about is, uh, you know, 
spending, personal spending, and and uh, consumer spending, and because. We talk about that because that's a great indicator of where the economy is going because that's 60% of the economy. In November, consumers increased uh, spending on services like travel and and, uh, housing and utilities, and uh, while spending on goods, uh, particularly uh, durable goods, was down. In November, spending uh, by consumers increased one-tenth of one percent uh, to uh, $19.8 billion. That was a big fall-off from the previous month where the increase in spending increase in spending was nine-tenths of one percent or basically uh, $151 billion. So the increase in spending in uh, I'd say over the last four months, uh, increase in spending in August was seven-tenths of 1%, which represented an increase of $130 billion in spending. In September, it was increased spending was uh, six-tenths of 1%, and that was the equivalent of $106 billion. And then in October, uh, people spent... Uh, Consumers increased their spending nine cents, which represented $151 billion. And in November, the latest numbers, they'd only went from nine cents down to one tenth of a percent. And it represented an increase of basically $20 billion. So the increased spending went from $152 billion in October to $20 billion in November. So uh, it's basically slowing quite a bit. And one of the things you've noticed is that the consumers are saving less and less, too. In other words, if you, if you take a look at the savings rate for November, it slowed to 2.7% of the available take-home pay. And in... Uh, in 2021, the savings rate was 12%, and in 2020, the savings rate was 17%. So we've gone from 17 and 2017% savings in 2020, which is understandable because that's the COVID time. You couldn't spend money anyhow. It wasn't going anywhere. But then in 2021, the savings rate reduced down to 12%. And now we're down to 2.7%. So uh, people are still spending, but they're also not saving anymore. And they uh, probably, they're uh, digging into those uh, savings that they've accumulated from the COVID, COVID years. To, so uh, all in all, it indicates that uh, the whole thing indicates that spending is going down, manufacturing is going down, shipping. Uh, and uh, the economy is slowing down, but the good part about it is that it's basically all due to the rate increases, and once we get through this, uh, then we get back to normal. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hello. Hello. 
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. As we look forward to the new year, we will make all make resolutions uh, for the year. But they will be difficult to keep, and in most cases, they will be worthwhile. But first, you have to identify what you want to change, and then you have to decide to do it. When we were young, we had dreams and expectations. We imagined things. We kept thinking about what we wanted to be, what we wanted to do, what we will become. And we grew up then and achieved some of those dreams. Uh, we accepted our success or failures, and basically we kept moving on. Uh, the rapid change, the need to do the urgent things, uh, the work, the pressures, the failures, all these are part of killing our visions. Things have changed, but they cannot really take away our dreams. We still have to dream on to visualize our desires, our wants, our vision of the future, even though uh, we're considered too old for such things. Uh, Colonel Sanders started his business when he was 60. He started KFC. The main thing is not the age, whether it's being too old or too young. It's a desire to dream on and the courage to do it. You have to visualize your goals, think about them often, talk about them, make a commitment to your goals. The ability to dream on is one of the finest qualities of the human race. So dream on, make a plan, set a deadline, make it a big plan, a little plan. Then follow up the plan and achieve your dream, your goal. And when you become frustrated and tired, don't give up your dream. Don't walk away. Don't say you're tired. Don't try. Do it. These are the words that we all have to live by. Do it. Until we meet again next week for Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.